0: Hi, this is Taylor Stuber and this is Sean Smithgall. We are both clinical pharmacists, faculty members, and your hosts for The Postgraduate Pharmacist. Welcome back, Sasso Squad, and any new listeners, to another episode of The Postgraduate Pharmacist, where we're all about helping you separate and stand out as you prepare for postgraduate training.
1: From current events to expert advice, we bring you up to date content every
0: other Monday related to postgraduate training. Join the Sasso Squad today and follow us on Twitter at PG Pharmacist or Instagram and LinkedIn at The Postgraduate Pharmacist.
1: And check out our website at postgraduatepharmacist.com
0: where you can get all of our latest content. If you love the show and want to support what we're doing, check out ways to spread the word on our website or buy us a cup of coffee. We could always use the caffeine. So in this episode of PGP Fundamentals, We're going to review the curriculum vitae or CV. What we want to highlight today is, you know, what is a CV versus resume? Talk a little bit about CV formatting. Can't talk about CVs without talking about that CV flair. You know, how do we make that thing pop? We'll go over CV substance, focus, what should you really be putting in your CV? Talk about how often you should maintain that CV. And then we're going to end with the kicker here, which is what do your employers want to see? When we say employers, we mean residency program directors, fellowship directors, and the like. So I'm excited to talk about this. Are you excited to talk about this? Yes, I'm very
1: excited. I think it's going to be a great episode. Let's
0: go ahead and dive right into it. All right, let's dive in. So CV versus resume. So a resume is only one, two pages, usually just details the job you're applying for. It's supposed to be that real pop, here's why I'm qualified, and you can just take a glance and look at it. The CV is a lot different in that there really is no page limit. That doesn't mean you should try to make it as many pages as possible, but there isn't a page limit, and it's going to highlight your entire career specifically related to pharmacy, your pharmacy career, education, and everything. So your CV might only be about one to two pages starting off because you don't, you don't really have that much in there, but over time, it will expand. Yeah,
1: CV Curriculum Vitae, a.k.a. course of life. (laughs) That's That's what I mean. So kind of talking about what goes into it and the formatting. So kind of thinking about both the organization and the flow of your CV. So it should be very organized, meaning that it has clear transitions from one section to another. And I like to have certain section headings that are maybe formatted a little bit different. Maybe they're bolded and underlined. Things like that, just to keep a good organization of the CV so that when program directors or employers are looking at it, they can clearly delineate what is in one section versus in another and kind of find those things quickly. As far as flow is concerned, so the CV is really going to tell your story kind of of your experience in your education, some of the things you're involved with, work experience, research, awards, things like that. Generally, items should be in reverse chronological order, meaning that in the section, the most recent experience or activity or part of your education is going to appear first in that, and then they kind of run backwards in time throughout. You know, I would always encourage you to label your dates in a similar manner. So if you're going to put months and years, kind of keep that the same Always label them in the same as far as formatting is concerned. So if you're going to write align them, I would make sure you do that. So it's very easy to follow throughout. You typically would leave off the day. I don't think that that is totally necessary for an activity. I would also say no complete sentences or paragraphs. You want to take this as an opportunity to kind of summarize these things and not overload the person that's reading your CV. No wall of text that just hits you in the face when you look at it, right? Right. So having those, you know, when they see those overwhelming paragraphs or things, they're <laughs> they're going to draw their eye or attention elsewhere when there actually could be good information there. And so I think that's kind of a general overview of how you think about organization and flow of a CV.
0: All right, let's go to CV flair, the pop, the wow factor on CVs. I'm starting to see some cool things come out of students these days uh, with a little bit of CV flair. The thing here is to kind of make sure you just don't overdo it. The point of the CV isn't to be like a TikTok video, like draw your attention in all these different directions. So feel free to add some color to it, change the color of the font, make it nice, add some color aspects to it. Just don't overdo it. Don't add too many colors, trying to kind of keep it minimalist, simple. Make sure the font is still readable, though, because you don't want it to be too light. These days, most people will review it electronically. Now, if they do choose to print it, they can easily choose black and white, and that shouldn't really be your concern. Should it be black and white so it's easier to print? With technology these days, you're fine doing that color. Consider creating a free CV website. This is like one of those going above and beyond, in my opinion. So a lot of people put this QR code towards the top of their CV, which will link to a almost like an online CV website that you can create using like Wix or Squarespace. And this is where you can put the elements of your CV on there, but you can also make it real interactive and start adding some of the things that you've done. Like you can put examples of like a patient handout or a journal club that you've done. Uh, You can put pictures on there, like here's the things I've been involved with with the organization. Here's me at these charitable events or these fundraisers. And it's just a fun way to kind of show off some stuff to show that you go above and beyond and that you are involved and that you can bring some of these elements to the program that you're applying for.
1: So almost like an online portfolio, you know, that could be interesting. Going back to the parts about the CV and when you're talking about color and font and things like that, I would just encourage you to not try to change font types throughout because that can be very distracting and overwhelming. And when you think about what good design looks like, usually they tell you to stick with one font throughout and you can kind of change the size and the color based on like what sections and you can bold it and and things like that. And I would just make sure if you're going to change colors and add colors, make sure that whatever background you're on, it's still legible because the colors can blend together. You have to think about, well, what if the person that's reading it has color blindness? Ooh, um, good so you point. have to have to think about that. So the safe way, safe route is sticking with the black and white and, you know, maybe you can just save the flare for your for your <laughs> website and your portfolio, you know? <laughs> kind of thinking about the next thing we wanted to talk about, the substance and the focus of the CV. So I think a lot of schools and colleges will have kind of a general template and they'll introduce the CV as students progress through the curriculum. I know we do here at Auburn. And, you know, I think having these general sections as a template and then kind of creating a plan to fill them over time, maybe you haven't had APPE rotations yet, but that should definitely be a section, you can kind of split those even into completed versus anticipated or expected as you're progressing through your P4 year. But, you know, also have things like your education that should probably go at the top, your work experience if you've had that, certifications, IPPEs, research, awards, things like that, presentations, leadership, service. There's a lot of different things that you can have in there. So think about those sections and what you want to include. And so, I would just encourage you all. We 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 have a deeper discussion about these things in episode fourteen. Items to include on your CV with Dr. Bobby Helmer. So, get a lot of details about what to add and what to remove from each of those sections
0: and what the substance should be of those. And I recommend even if you have nothing in those sections, have a copy of your CV as your like. One that you might not share if somebody asked for it, but the one that you're building and have those sections there, even if they're blank, because it'll just keep your focus on. Gosh, every time you look at it, you're like, I got to I got to focus on how I'm going to add something to this and I got to create a plan for that. Yeah, that's a good point. Kind of have that working or living document. And then Mm -hmm. when
1: you if you're going to submit those to an employer Take it out if you don't have anything in there, obviously, to save as a PDF or, or what have you and and submit it that way. So that kind of brings us to the next topic of interest is CV maintenance. And mm-hmm. you kind of alluded to that, but you want to
0: expand on that more, Sean? Absolutely. So with maintaining a CV, it's probably good to plan a quarterly CV update. And so just add that on your calendar put it the reoccurrence to every three months of a, Hey, I need to look at this. I need to add it in the meantime, go ahead and create yourself like a task list or a to-do list or take your existing to-do list and put a section on there of things to add to my CV. And as you do things, just go ahead and dump them on that list. Like I I went to this event, just go and say, went to this event, the date, maybe a couple details about it. That way you can just like get it out of your head, dump it on the list. And then when you come to these every three month meetings, that's when you're taking all those elements out and saying, okay, where does it go on my CV? How can I format it? How can I make it fit? Where can I put it? And, and you're just continually updating it. And we recommend this because waiting to do it annually There's a chance you might forget something or you might forget some good details about the event. You might forget what you did and you end up losing those elements on your CV that can really boost it and make you stand out. As you get closer to applying for postgraduate experiences, uh, we recommend having mentors, faculty, preceptors, anybody you can really review your CV. Obviously, you want to have somebody who's a professional, someone maybe, especially someone who's in the pharmacy field. Uh, to look at it. It's sometimes good that they'll get outside reviewers so they can just give a, like, does it make sense to them? Does it flow? Does it does the formatting fit? And then consider free CV reviewing services with like ASHP, which they schedule them and they come out certain times of year, or ACCP, which you can do anytime. And both of these are available to students if you're a student
1: member. Kind of like you said, you kind of keep that list. I just keep a uh comment and track changes and kind of just add a list of items that I want to, you know, go back at some point and add to my C V and so I don't have to do it right then and there, but if I think of something or I give a presentation, you know, I'll add it to that and then I'll I'll go back every so often, maybe every month or two and actually update it and format it and you know, put it in my CV. So I I like that. And I think even having fellow students look at it and yeah, uh, is another good option. You know, don't underestimate the power of your peers and your colleagues that can help you and help make sense of it. So, so ask them to look at it too. And hopefully they're not trying to sabotage you or anything, (laughs) but they wouldn't do that. I would, I wouldn't imagine. Ask somebody you trust.
0: Yeah. Especially upper class people
1: now to the juicy ooh part the good of the, stuff the good stuff so what do employers aka residency program directors and fellowship directors want to see i'll let you take this because oh. you are
0: one so what do you oh. want to see when you have a cv in front of you <laughs> well what i want to see and what i what i look for is sometimes i just scan right through and to see is this a well-rounded candidate Is this someone who's hyper-focused on just one to two categories? Like, do they have 20 leadership experiences and no research or something like that? Versus having focus in a little bit of every category so it shows they're trying to make themselves more well-rounded. People reviewing your CV want to be able to easily scan it. That's the goal. They don't want to be stuck, like we were talking about earlier with the text, they don't want to be stuck having to decide, do I really want to read this whole paragraph or am I just going to skip it? you want them to be able to easily scan your CV, get a sense of who you are and your experience thus far. And they want to be able to see how your involvement is both consistent and building from your first year as a pharmacy student. You don't want to have these super high productive years and then these years in which you've deserted all other experiences besides your academics, you know, because that kind of builds questions and, and might not be good from a reviewer standpoint. So you want it to be consistent. You want to try to be consistent, show that over time. And they don't want to see, the one thing they don't want to see is any grammatical errors or mistakes. You want this thing to be perfect. So kind of in summary, you want to see a well-rounded candidate.
1: You want to see a very organized and easy to follow CV. You want to see some some sustained involvement over time, and then a perfect grammatically correct CV. And I think you can achieve that the more that you uh, look at it and read it. All right. Well, I think that's a great discussion. And again, I would refer you all back to episode 14, where we talk with Dr. Bobby Helmer about more details with the CV and a more in-depth discussion. But thank you for joining us for this installment of the PGP Fundamentals. We look forward to having more episodes talking about core topics with the residency and fellowship search process. If you want to continue to hear up-to-date topics from us and our guests, please like and subscribe.
0: You can listen to us for free on your favorite podcast app and check out our show notes below to see links and highlights of the episode. And remember, you can separate and stand out.